Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. It's metal day, and I'm not talking heavy metal day. Last week on the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, we talked about masonry and before that, concrete. I want to welcome you to Division 5, which is metal. Masonry was 4, concrete's 3, and wood and composites will be next. And we're doing this series that is a number of episodes, and we'll have some interruptions along the way to keep it interesting, is to expand your thinking around how different elements and systems and materials and construction can influence, enhance your design. If you're watching this on video, yes, I have glasses on because I wore my contacts for too long and slept in them and my eye got sore. So I'm wearing glasses to give uh, myself a break. And I feel like I look like Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Metal is such a huge thing. And honestly, the success of the previous two materials we discussed in the usage that we have today and even wood next is due to our ability to use metal. So all of those divisions have a little bit of metal in them from the fasteners, the strapping for concrete reinforcing and even masonry reinforcing steel lintels and things like that to hold up masonry in certain cases. Steel can do things on its own that the other materials require assistance from like cantilevers or moment connections are needed for both of the other materials to succeed. So metal has some of its own inherent qualities, which I think kind of uh, harken back to seeing like a gothic, the all stone gothic buildings. Now, some of them I'm sure use some type of metals and some mixture. It may not have been exactly concrete and some of the older, very, very old buildings, but something similar to that. But by and large, they were just stone and a few of them, yes, at least I don't know if it was still considered Gothic at the time, but would have wood involved. But stone was able to stand on its own as the sole material for a lot of buildings, uh, including the foundations and the floors and things like that. And steel also has the ability to do that type of thing today. So it could be a true, pure structure on its own. And we're just going to go through multiple aspects about it, types of metal, use cases, finishes, benefits of other metals over another in a situation and maybe vice versa in a different situation. So I really am excited about this because it's so fun to consider things beyond the picture, beyond what we see in metal. So I'm just going to list a few things. It'll be maybe this will be a little bit like Chronicles. If you've ever read the book of Chronicles, where we're just they're listing sham beget ham and they're just and they moved here and they moved there and they lived here and they had this many kids, this many kids. It's just a book about a lot of things. So we're going to go through different types of metals. And one thing that I think is very evident is, and, and I've said this before, interior design moves quicker and changes quicker than architecture. And we're not so concerned with fads are changing here. We're concerned with you discovering your story, your architectural DNA, and having that manifested in your dream home or in the building that's uh, for your business or the way that you sustain your life. Uh, and that may be working from home as well. 
you'll see like everything in the new catalog is brass. Everything in the new catalog is black. Everything in the new catalog is aluminum. Everything is silver. That is the rolling fad. It's kind of like the arch is is exciting now in space. Rounded corners are exciting again. Then it's like quirky angles. And that moves in a roughly five-year cycle. So it'll be like maybe the center of that five years is the peak. But you'll start seeing everybody wants black, black frames. Everybody wants silver, you know, sleek look, light space. Then it's like, let's go bronze so it looks, you know, more industrial or something like that. Or just straight, you know, iron pipe. So it's not so much about the material, but it's the type of manufacturing for that metal. We are concerned with what is right for you, which material is right for you. So there's copper and alloys of copper, which I believe are brass and bronze. There may be more. And there's uh, steel, which is, I mean, iron. Then you have galvanized steel. You've got aluminum, which I'll get into a whole thing on that on its own. And then you've got zinc, which is a softer metal. And these things are all used in different ways. And then this is not actually its own material, but architectural composite metal. I think it actually stands for ACM is architectural composite material. But that is kind of a metal finish and there is a certain way of using it. So I will touch on that on its own. All of these have different qualities, right? One quality that's very common is thermal. It varies material to material, obviously, but they're highly conductive thermally. And so not a great insulator against the elements. And that comes into play in your windows. And so let's think of all the different uses. I kind of jumped ahead of myself a little bit with the windows, but let's think of all the different uses that metal plays into in your building. We already talked about windows, but it will also be used in doors, railing, canopies, roofing, flashing. It can even be used on metal floor plates. So hardware, right? All your fixtures, your plumbing fixtures, it'll be used in your mechanical fixtures. Almost is endless the difference that you can use as far as thing, but then also as far as function, right? It can be used as guarding against the elements. It can be used to hold something up. It can be used to cantilever and cover an area. And it can do all those things on its own. Now, you may be using weld joints or bolts, but that's still more metal and is almost like a world. So let me go back a little bit. Architecture, space, and uh, you can look at uh, Form, Space, and Order, the book, which I believe is by Francis Ching. There is planar space, right? Linear elements that design space, and then massive elements, which we would call stereotomic. Concrete is very adept at making that stereotomic or massive space. Now you can make any of these materials create a type of space, but its way of making is more of a massive stereotomic move with concrete and is conducive more to those type of spaces. And wood is very good on its own as a linear element. And then when it's modified, of course, is good with planar. Steel is similar to wood, but on its own, it has much more pure quality of being able to create those things and the strength that it can have is also very strong. And each one of them, those things I mentioned, is good with a different type of metal. So 
so it's like when you start getting into the color, it works, right? We can make everything work. We can push it through. You know, just like uh, it wasn't Mies van der Rohe. I think it was Louis Kahn that we talked about last time who was asking a brick, what do I want to be? And the brick says, I want to be an arch. And he was like, I think you'll make something good as this. And it was like, no, I want to be an arch. They're good at creating stacked arches. And some of them are currently like in their role. But, oh, titanium was another metal that I didn't mention before that, that I want to get to in this. So let's think like copper is often used. I'm going to start with termite protection. That's a little thing a lot of people don't know is when you are working with wood, copper is a good protector against contributing to the system to prevent termite infestation. Then you also can use it for roofing panels. And the color and the patina and the aging of that is a beautiful thing that can last a very long time. When you want to make a building that's going to last a long time, copper flashing can be a very good material to use in a lot of situations. Then you can also use it for, uh, I already said, roof panels, flashing, and uh, the termite protection. Right, And then uh, for pipe, it's often used as well. I've done a, a few projects with copper piping, and it did allow us to do some really nice systems for some plumbing that we were working on. And then, of course, copper, any of them, especially in lighter use cases, can be used as part of furniture, built-in furniture, things like that, which are still part of the architecture and creating the space for you. Then you get to zinc. Zinc is another material that patinas and is often used in cladding and roofing and flashing on buildings. And it, to me, zinc is the zenith of the metal for that type of thing because it maintains that quality of being connected to nature. And it's not always an alloy or highly modified or painted or anything like that. It just has a nice soft patina for itself over time. Now, there are other materials that can be left like that and but zinc has the one that is the most earthy or the warmest or the one that you're most connected to in my opinion for those things so it's a softer one but you can also use aluminum but aluminum i'm just going to say this this is maybe a little conspiracy theory but i'm reluctant on the aluminum thing because of some i want to say unverified or things i haven't been fully pro- convinced of yet but that it's not good for your memory and like alzheimer's And so I am uh, personally a fan of using as little aluminum on the inside of a building as possible. Like I said, it's a little bit on the tested level yet, so it's not a 100% no. But if I can avoid it easily, that's something I'd like to do. But aluminum is used for so many things, but the weight of it also makes a big difference. Like I'm working on a project right now and all the walls are quarter inch thick steel panels, but there's certain pieces of the project where it, using aluminum was much lighter. So like on the doors, because the, the material was not exposed, it was going to be powder coated. We switched to aluminum panel for the doors because it saved us that little bit of weight. And we wanted to make sure we weren't overloading the hinges on the door. So like it has a weight advantage. Aluminum does not corrode the same as steel does. You can anodize and you can do a lot of different things with it that with steel, you might get more corrosion or something like that. But conversely, they react with concrete and things like that in a different way. So I prefer not to put aluminum with concrete, especially in a wet location. Steel has the ability to do so many different things and you can galvanize it or, you know, G90 galvanize it, which helps 
be around the elements more when you get closer to like the coast. Steel to me is a great material. I really like using steel for structure and railings and things like that when possible in, in lieu of aluminum. And the steel is highly thermally conductive. There was a, the firm I worked for before I started my own company did an office building and it was not cooling off the way that they intended. And it turned out there is a piece of steel between the floors on each floor that never got insulated and the wall was heating up and the steel was projecting through. There was just these little braces that were made of steel and the between the floors was like 115 degrees. So they had to take the ceiling panels out and go back in and put insulation around all these steel pieces. And that's just so fascinating to me. You know, a little piece of steel, I think, you know, like four or eight inches um, projecting a few feet into the building could affect the temperature inside the building so much. Now, the building wasn't 115. The gap was, but the it was heating up the space and, and putting a tax on the air conditioning system. But it's such a good material like steel windows. I don't know if you've ever worked on a mid-century house, but they have Hope steel windows in them a lot of times. And those windows are amazing. They're, they're still around. They still last. But their weakness is they're not thermally broken. You can buy them thermally broken now so you get steel on the inside and outside, but they are connected by a piece of plastic, which prevents that thermal conductivity from going into the space in a manner that you don't want. And the cost of those windows is astronomical. That's why you don't see them used all the time. That doesn't just go for steel. Other uh, metals do the same thing. You know, if you can get one of the things that people cheap out on the most that I've noticed is on aluminum windows, like aluminum storefront or window wall or curtain wall, not getting thermally broken. And we would always specify those and then people would change them because it does save money. But not feeling that heat coming off the frame of a window, I think, is a is a really good thing. One for your system, one just building comfort and good for the environment and stuff like that. Then I'm going to talk about titanium a little bit. So there's a, a story, and I don't know if it's true, but Frank Gehry was doing the Balboa, Guggenheim in Balboa in Spain. And they needed so much metal for it. They were actually watching what metal they should use for this project because they had to buy so much of it. And titanium, I think the raw titanium price dropped. And so they bought all this titanium. And I remember my mentor architect around that time, it was right after it got built, was almost 80 years old. He drew by hand. And one of my first things was inputting his drawings into the computer, which is a great way for me to learn from somebody who was from Frank Lloyd Wright lineage and learned from Florida Southern College being constructed and stuff like that. Those panels were much more warped. If you look at them, they've got oil canning all in them. And like the traditional guys are just like complaining. And the intent of that building, if you look at it, is not that like everything is straight. I'm working on another building right now, which is polished steel. And everything on it is going to be smooth. And that's with Jeffrey. And it's very, very, very engineered perfect surfaces. You can see your face in them, just like the Chicago bean. Now, the thing he was doing is more like fish scales. And if you look at fish scales, it's more, it has kind of like an oil can look to it. That type of thing is intentional. So I think they benefited from this particular material giving a look that they want. And I personally, and I don't know if it's just a newer generation, but I like seeing 
a little bit of hand. I think that's why I like zinc roofing. A little bit of like the human and stuff. When something looks so engineered, you can't tell that it's involving a, a human. The story that I tell myself is just I don't feel as connected to it. I could choose to feel connected to anything. But that particular thing, I like seeing that the handiwork of, of people in. And so I worked on some roof projects myself. And I told them I want flat panels for the metal roof. And they wanted me to sign a waiver because almost every roofing company, I'm talking about the Southeast here. So other parts of the country may be different. Everyone's doing these metal roofs with pencil ribs on the panels. So you don't have as smooth of a look going across the panel. That came about, it strengthens the panel a little bit from oil canning and warpage. So people were getting complaints from owners about this oil canning. And so the result was doing these ribs. I told them, no, I don't care. I want no ribs. I want less lines in it. So I had to sign a document and they did increase the thickness of the panel. The oil canning or warp that you see, it's a few years old now and you don't see anything. That's not to say in five to 10 years, you won't see some, but that's something I'm okay with. I want you to see the age and the patina in an appropriate way in your home or your your building. And all these things come together. We want to use materials in ways that tell a story. And yes, the most important thing is making the health, safety, and welfare of the buildings standing, that, that the waterproofing is working, that the systems are functioning. But also a function of life is being human, is humanity, and seeing that in your building. That's why I like materials like zinc. Another one too is brass. So brass and bronze are antimicrobial. So to me, it's like they're inherently antimicrobial. So it's like, if you're thinking about your bathroom, it's like, hey, let's use this metal. But really it's like, maybe it should just be brass because that's the one that is going to stay like a bit cleaner on its own. So that's like an interesting thing, right? Like we, we say we're making rational choices based on function a lot of times. And that's one that seems to me, it's like, well, shouldn't that just any thing that's getting dirty or plumbing just always involve brass. So that's interesting. But that also gets that over time and you can polish it and keep it clean, but it does get that human touch finish on it, which I really like to see in buildings. And I hope you do too. I realize uh, my rambling has gone over time today and I'm just going to check my notes real quick because I wasn't working from them, but I, oh man, there's so much I can talk. I can talk about steel versus site fabrication versus shop fabrication, welded connections, bolted connections, exposed connections, hidden connections, things like that, that maybe we'll get to in a, a future episode. But I just want to get you thinking, how can metal tell your story in your project? What type of metal communicates what you've been thinking about for yourself? And yet they do have color. So is there a color that matters to you is the function, is the finish, is the patina, the thing that's a driving force in your project is showing the structure or making it hidden so it's magic. What are those things that are going to communicate your story and space? Thank you so much for listening to this episode on metal. Next week, or the next episode in this series, I don't think I have a guest next week, will be about wood and composite. And that, that's another fun one to get into because actually incorporates plant life. If you're ready to get started on your custom home or your architecture building, new construction, go to ca-rd.com, book a consultation, 
go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you can sign up for this podcast. Please give us a five-star rating if you see it. And I hope to see you next week or join with me next week on the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Thank you for joining me for the joy and adventure of architecture design. And I want to see you go from dreaming of your home to living in the home of your dreams to tell your story through space and time and material. This is J.D. Carling, your architect. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.